to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in the Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Love hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And, uh... Cleveland! This is for you! Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs, joined as always by my partner in crime. It's the one, the only, Evan Demerle. Evan, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. The Cavs have played two bad basketball games, so it's good to have them back, but hopefully they can kind of get things right. Real bummer about the Kevin Love injury, but we'll talk about that in a second. How are you? I'm doing good. Also... Congratulations to your Bobcats. Let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> Look, man, uh, I uh, I baited you with the tweet on the lockdown account because you've been baiting me on the, that account for a while now, and I just I wanted to have fun with it. It was well played. I respect I respect um, the grind. I have no idea who they're playing. They're though, playing so. Virginia, the Virginia Cadavaliers. Oh wow, that's a good defensive team against. Uh, you didn't or, even apparently. no laugh no laugh at the bad joke. Cad- uh, Cad- it's okay. Cadavaliers. Kick. Cade didn't qualify for March well, Madness. Oklahoma though. State was ineligible. I know. That's it. good on Cade to stick with his commitment, I guess. Whatever. I don't know. His I brother's also fun to see him. there. You love the NCAA. What a dumb organization. All right, but today's podcast yeah. is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your next order. All right, Evan. Cavs, Hawks. Uh, that'll be our first segment. We're going to talk about Kevin Love in the last segment of the show because – he got injured in this game, and I, I just have a lot of questions. And uh, in the middle segment, you'll hear a rerun of the solo recap of Cavs Pelicans, another bad basketball game that happened with the Cleveland Cavaliers since they came back from the All-Star break uh, when they were trailed by as many as 40 in that game. So this one, that one was worse. This one was less bad. The Cavs were in this uh, late into the into the th- into the fourth quarter for a minute there. Uh, they were only down by five heading into the fourth. They did a good job, I thought, at the end of the third. Um, into keeping it close and not letting it get out of hand. To paraphrase an Austin Carr favorite, they kept it within 10. You know, they got it in that range. And then they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter and were outscored by 15. Brutal. It was not a... I uh, texted you early into the fourth, maybe like two, three minutes in, and like, well, this got out of hand quickly or something like that. But it, it was just an ugly game for the Cavs. They looked good for the first three, and... Uh, it's just the growing pains of a young team. Maybe the Hawks are playing a lot better now because they got rid of Lloyd Pierce and put Dave McMillan, the most stable coach, in place. It's a shame. Um, the Cavs really kind of put the Hawks to task this year, so it kind of looked like a more favorable matchup to Cleveland heading into this one, but maybe it's the coaching change. Um, Trey Young was largely a ghost in this game, which is, you know, shouts to Isaac Okoro. He's um, going to be my other MVP pick, but there's really one MVP pick for that one. But he really took on the assignment of defending Trey Young, but it's just the Hawks. Danilo Gallinari was a problem. John Collins was a problem. Um, the starting five was a problem in general, honestly. Then Bogdanovich and a shouts to Nathan Knight. He deserves his roses too. He had a good game for the Hawks as well. Yeah, so the Cavs have lost uh, three in a row now, dating back to before the All-Star break. Atlanta has won five in a row. They had a broad, They showed up a graphic that 
Um, over the last five games, they're they're outscoring teams by like ten points per hundred possessions after getting outscored by about one and a half before that. So Atlanta's playing well right now. Kudos to them. The Cavs are also just not. I don't. I don't think a very good basketball team. Um, Evan, we're gonna do our normal awards here. It feels weird to give out awards and losses. I always like, you know, wonder how we sort of do this. But if we're gonna pick MVP in a loss, it's 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 kind of like field day when we were kids. No one really is the biggest winner because everybody gets a participation trophy. Yeah. Uh, just. Trigger, triggering people out here with our participation trophy podcast but uh evan my mvp for this in a loss is darius garland so he's back in the lineup after that groin injury kept him out against the pelicans he's four nine for the field um 11.7 assists you might not you might not look at that and say like hey that's a great stat line but i think he clearly makes this team better in a lot of ways i think he's pretty essential to them having a functioning ball moving offense a little bit and for him to to come back to take a couple aggressive step back threes to have some really nice passes to kind of be a guy who's kind of helping everything flow a little bit. I, I think I just look at him and think this guy's pretty darn essential to what the Cavs are doing. Oh no, absolutely. And the Cavs first two points scored in this game were an alley-oop pass from Darius Garland to Jared Allen. And I texted you pretty early in the first quarter saying like, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy how good the Cavs look when they have their true point guard and, I know sometimes people like to joke about like potential assists in just terms of passing, but Darius is a really good passer, and he is the maestro of this offense. Like I know Colin Sexton can get buckets at any given moment, but you need a guy who can facilitate and get everybody else involved, and Darius Garland is that guy. And it's a night and day difference. Thankfully, knocked on wood, he is uh, healthy in this one. He was able to play um, thirty about roughly minute thirty minutes, twenty minute, twenty nine minutes, twenty seven seconds. So. Yeah, no, Darius looked good out there. I mean, it was just ugly all around for the Cavs, so you can't gleam a ton of positives, but Darius looked healthy, Darius looked good, and that's a good MVP pick. But my pick is Isaac Okoro, like I said. He wasn't amazing offensively. He finished the night with six points on three of eight shooting. Took four threes, didn't make a single one. Uh, had five rebounds, one assist, no steals, no blocks. But like I said, he was a big part in kind of keeping Trey Young in check because Trey Young has just kind of been a visually unpleasing player to watch at times where he foul hunts and everything else. And Trey was kind of quiet. I mean, he's four or nine from the floor two is six from three, which is a big one. Cause I know Trey young likes to foul hunt, but you got to respect his three point shot in general. Um, but yeah, 14 points, six assists, uh, good game overall from Isaac in that regard. And I know like there's not a lot of positive to gleam, but I think Isaac is, was the second best player for the Cavs at points tonight. I'm all in on a coral. Um, this isn't a new thing, but I'm all in. Uh, he he and Darius, I thought both did, just to, as a quick note, did a good job on, um, except for when he got called for it on that first attempt, uh, I thought both did a pretty good job of just navigating Trey's foul hunting. You know, like, he, the kind of navigating that while Darius did, you know, avoided a pretty obvious grab at that one time. It was very rich later in the game when Trey Young, like, Garland got, he fouled Garland, and he was like, he hit with the elbow. I'm like, Trey, you literally are, like, trying to hunt for fouls, like, every time. I don't think you have a right to, like, complain about you getting yourself called for a foul. Just just classic stuff there. But, um, yeah, not a lot of great performances he's in this not, one. He's not going to get the Harden treatment just yet. No. And I hope he doesn't because it's just – even his old coach, Lloyd Pierce, criticized him for it. And it's just – it's still so funny to me that his biggest idol, Steve Nash, like just just flat out came out and said, like, I hate the way this guy plays. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's got to suck. Yeah. Let's get into plays of the night here. Um, Mine is just both Darius Garland step back three pointers. Just that's a shot you really want him to take. The one he hit over Gallo in particular is just really, really positive stuff. Like just him um, 
getting on a switch like that and handling it correctly is just kind of really what you want. That that's it for me. It's it's quite it's quite literally that simple. Yeah, it's those are good picks and mine's a little simple as well. I know Colin Sexton didn't have the best night. He was one of five from three, but that one three or yeah, from three. But the one three pointer he did make tied the game for Cleveland in the third. It kind of felt like the Cavs are still in this until the fourth quarter happened. But uh, I give Colin that shout out because he was having a pretty rough night up to that point offensively. He finished the night five seventeen, four or six from the line. I'm sure um, he's probably still out there shooting if you know he's allowed to. But uh, that was a big shot for Colin, and it did feel like a momentum shifter. But it just wasn't enough for the Cavs to pull ahead and win. All right, stat of the night, uh, Evan. What's yours? My stat of the night, and shouts to Cavs radio play-by-play guy, Tim Alcorn, for pointing this out, because I had to run out during this game, so I was listening on the radio for a bit, but he pointed out the fact that the Cavs are outscoring Atlanta in the paint, and yeah, despite the fact that John Collins just kind of put um, Jared Allen to task, granted John Collins was 2 of 4 from three-point range, and also um, Nathan Knight as well, he was 1 of 1 from three-point range, but he was 3 of 4 from the floor, fought 9 and 10 from the free throw line. So, like, the Hawks were attacking the Cavs in, on the interior, but the Cavs still outscored them 42 to 36 in the paint. So, not a, obviously not a, like a huge stat because the Cavs lost by 18, but it's still noteworthy. Mine is the free throws. So, Atlanta was 24 of 26 from the free throw line. This is with Troy Young only being 4 of 4 from the free throw line. I believe all of them came in the first quarter. The Cavs were 12 of 23. Jared Allen alone was 5 of 12. That That's that's just a math problem. That's just it right there. Like, you have no hope um, of really overcoming a deficit like that when you shoot, like, as bad as the Cavs did otherwise. 38.3% from the field as a team, 26.7% from three. The Hawks were 45 from the field and 41.4 from three. Just absolutely devastating stuff. And the Cavs not making their free throws cost themselves a chance at a game that up until they got you know, shellacked in the fourth quarter, they were in position to to make this competitive down the stretch, and they just absolutely fell apart. Mm. No, I absolutely agree. Um, do you think it's more so they finished the night poorly from the free throw line or the fact that they finished 8-30 from three that was the biggest downfall in Cleveland's game? I just don't think this team's, like, actually, like, that great at three-point shooting. Um, I agree. But... And, like, when Kevin, like, when Kevin, like, some of the looks they got were also just, like, I'm like, you can live with them, right? Like, Larry had a couple, had a, had a couple spot-up attempts, um... You know, Isaac had some, and he was 0-4. Like, those guys were combined to a 7. And when you're sort of, like, fringy shooters aren't making your threes, like, it becomes a little bit tricky. Uh, the free throws is just, like, I, I, like, when Jared Allen misses 7, and he's not, like, an 80% free throw shooter or anything like that, but, like, he's better than 40%. You know, like, that's, like, Drummond-like, you know? Like, that's just, like, wasted possessions, really. Oh, we didn't talk about Voldemort in a while now, but the streak's just, over, folks. Wipe your grease boards and set it to zero. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Drummond also just, like, not listed on the injury report anymore by the broadcast. That's where we're at with that. So Yeah, he's listed on the NBA's official one for personal reasons. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. But, um, Chris, why don't we take a quick word from our sponsors, and then we will be back to hear about your thoughts on the Friday night's game against the Pelicans. Yeah, so first I want to tell you about our friends at Headspace. So Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. I'm a daily Headspace user. I am my, my current streak. They track like how many days we've meditated. It's up to 25 now. Um, it's it's a good reoccurring thing for me to get back in the habit of it. And frankly, I feel a lot better 
uh, doing it. You know, if you, I use it to help myself fall asleep when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or have a little just ang anxious. I, I really work on it. it helps me boost my focus when I need it. It's just a really go-to thing for me that I use multiple times a day. Um, and I make really part of my daily routine. I am a happier, healthier, more mentally focused person uh, because of Headspace. And I, I can't recommend it enough. And just 10 minutes a day, like as simple as that, it can really make your life a little bit better and you'll be a little calmer throughout the day. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked in MBA. It's headspace.com slash locked in MBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offer right now, so head to headspace.com slash LockedInMBA today. There also are some great sport ones in there. The, the GOAT, the legend, Sue Bird has a Headspace pack in there. Highly recommend that. So again, LockedInMBA for your free one month trial. Also, I want to give you a quick word from our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, and I bet on Phoebe Bridgers winning Best New Artist, or whatever the term is, and I lost big because I did not account for Meg Thee Stallion, and so I use BetOnline. So they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, and BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. March Madness is here, and that means bracket challenges. Join our Locked On Listener Bracket Challenge group on ESPN. Submit your March Madness picks, beat your favorite hosts such as Chris and myself, and if you win, you'll get a guest appearance on Locked On Today, our daily news podcast. That's something I don't even get, which is kind of cool. The link is to join the show is in our show notes of this episode. Get your picks in today. Hey, Chris Manning here on this Saturday, March 13th, when you're probably listening to this. I'm recording this on Friday, March 12th, around 11 p.m. after the Cleveland Cavaliers in their first game back from the NBA All-Star break were shellacked, were beat down, were throttled, whatever word you want to use by the New Orleans Pelicans, who themselves were beat down the night before against the Minnesota Timberwolves. A pretty ugly performance for the Cavs. Uh, there are positives. I would say that the two positives are just that you got two key players back. The headline for me coming out of this game, I think unequivocally, is that Kevin Love played his third game of the season on a minute restriction, but was back in the starting lineup, and that Larry Nance was back after missing 12 games with a fractured hand. Now, We'll get into our normal awards here. This is just going to be me solo. So you'll hear this, and then we'll, Evan will be back with me on Monday. We're going to talk about the, the Hawks game and some other stuff on Monday. But the Cavs, again, lose this one, 116-82. Kevin Love is back. Larry Nance Jr. is back. J.B. Bickerstaff, after the game, talked about how he, you know, like this is going to take some time. There's like some some learning curve kind of in place here. You know, you're just getting guys back together. Kevin, I think when you watched him play, didn't look like he was particularly in basketball shape yet. I think you hear guys say this a lot publicly and, and 
you hear people that have played at, the, at a very high level say like look like you can practice and everything but there's no substitute for being in game shape and getting reps in actual court action hard for Kevin to do that not just in a normal season but in a condensed season it's hard to get really good five on five practice time so I and I, and I think being cautious with him considering how uh you know his how long it took him to come back and everything I think is frankly just a really really smart move he was fine. Nance was much more of his normal self. Uh, Nance played 28 minutes. Love played just 10. Love, um, in his in his return, 1 of 4 from the field, had 1 of 3 from 3, 4 points, and a rebound. Larry Nance, 11 points, 28 minutes, 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 1 of 3 from the line, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, and a block. Uh, Brandon Ingram led all scores with 28. Zion had 23, and Colin Sexton led Cleveland with 19. Um, so that that's where it stands. 14-23, the Cavs are now full. Uh, three games back of that cluster of teams in the 8-10 to 10 range in the East, so they have a little work to do if they want to reach that stated goal of trying to make a run at the Eastern Conference playoffs. So we're going to do awards. Um, if it's your first time, it's MVP, stat of the night, play of the night. Look, there's no MVP in a game like this. I, I don't feel right picking one. It's not... There's no MVP in a game where the Cavs were beat down and, and thoroughly outclassed. They drilled by as many as 40 in this game. The Cleveland Cavaliers, a real-life actual NBA team, scored nine points in a quarter. That in the third quarter, they scored nine points. This game was not competitive. New Orleans, again, absolutely beat the brakes off of the Cavs. If you're gonna, if I have to give a quote-unquote MVP by the rules that Evan and I have created on this podcast, I, I just think you give it to Love and Nance for the fact that they're back. Again, like these are two very, very important cogs in the machine here. I, I think the Cavs are hoping to have Darius Garland back on Sunday against the Atlanta Hawks. That would obviously be another key thing. I think you saw how much they really missed him um, in this game. I, I think just getting healthier is going to help this team. Do I believe that it's going to get them to a place where they can make a real run at the playing tournament or the Eastern Conference's eight seed or whatever? I don't. I am highly, highly skeptical that that is where this team ultimately is headed. But for now, this is a way to help them grow. This is a way to give a better support system, a better structure for Okoro, for for Sexton, for Jared Allen, who I think maybe played his worst game as a Cav, you know, uh, frankly, in this one. Any young guy that you think matters to you. I, I think, frankly, you need them uh, to to benefit from the season, and Love and Nance can certainly, I think, help you do that. That's how I'm looking to view them um, in, in that exact sense. All right, so let's get into stat of the night. I, I think there's a couple different ways you could go here. I think for if you want to look at a just kind of more advanced numbers perspective on this, Here's something that just kind of blew my mind. Uh, the Pelicans took 54% of their shots at the rim. That's a lot. They they shot 52.9% for the game, which isn't bad. But at one point in this game, they were shooting 75% at the rim, just absolutely bludgeoning the Cavs inside. And that was like the first half of this game. And, and really, this if you the fourth quarter is sort of garbage time, kind of probably clouds some of these numbers um, in terms of this, and it's not possible to sort them out so quickly right after a game like this. But the Cavs absolutely got shellacked, and this this is a game where like they actually took more threes than the Pelicans. Um, they were better with the ball and not turning it over than the Pelicans, and they 
they absolutely got shellacked. And a big part of that is because New Orleans got to the rim, got inside, and did whatever it could. I think some of that is just the Cavs being in a position where you saw them um, just not look quite in sync defensively, look a little off-kilter, a little out of sync, which makes sense considering this is a team that obviously was just off for a while and everything and, and incorporating two new pieces and and started a starting five of Garland, or excuse me, Sexton, Okoro, Nance, Love, and Allen that had never played together. Like, some of this is just going to happen, um, and that that's unfortunate, but uh, it is sort of what it is in terms of how you are trying to um, approach that. So the other stat of the night, I think you could go is just is just the fact that um, the Cavs as a team in terms of three point percentage, they took a decent number actually. I, I think you can be happy with that, but they shot twenty one point nine percent from three. Just to run through some of how some specific guys performed, Love one of three. Good to see him firing them though. Again, Nance was two of four. Allen was um, zero zero obviously, but here's where it gets tricky. Colin Sexton zero of three. Isaac Okoro, 0 of 2. Dean Wade, um, who played 14 minutes off the bench after starting for the last five games or so pre-Kevin Love's return, was 0 of 3. Jetty Osmond um, was 0 of 6. Uh, JaVale McGee took one. Damian Dotson took one, or took two and missed them both. Dylan Windler, um, you know, took three and missed them. Quinn Cook and his Cavs debut were read second time around debut, if you want to call it that, since he's been with the team before, did make three. And I kind of liked some of what he did coming off the bench in his 17 minutes. Um, particularly impressive since he got to the team at 4 p.m. on Friday. And that's kind of like a really quick turner on him. Just kind of figure some stuff out. Uh, two-way player Broderick Thomas did make one in his, in his first appearance in some garbage time minutes. Again, this is you, you're already giving up a lot of issues in terms of, of handling things at the at the rim and in terms of defending things and and everything like that. So that that's just really 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 tricky to handle. Um, and I don't I don't think that you have anything to sort of. There's no real way to, for in my mind to kind of navigate that. Okay, so play of the night. I just I I don't even want to give a real. Uh, play of the night I because this again there wasn't very much to, to like in this game I do think for 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 what it was I I do I did like the very frequent mentions of Joe Tate in the broadcast um Brad Doherty in particular you can find the clip of this on the Fox Sports Ohio Twitter page uh talked about how him and Tate shared a love of westerns and how they just communicated and you could tell how Austin and John Michael um really had a reverence for for Tate, who obviously, as, as you probably know, passed away earlier this week um, after a battle with cancer. Um, we talked about him earlier this week. Terry Pluto wrote a really good column about visiting Tate in hospice not that long ago. Um, there's a clip on Fox Sports as well with, of Tate calling some of Austin Carr's buckets from back in the day. Just, again, like that that to me in a, on a night that was not impressive. There's not a lot of highlights. There's no spectacular dunk even that we can kind of shout out here. Um, that's tricky, but... There you have it, Joe Tate. Um, again, rest in peace to a real Cavs legend who should be honored um, in every possible way I think that he can for his work for almost four decades calling Cavaliers games. Um, a real icon and the kind of guy that I think you'll ha- you, you always hope to have some kind of impact. He's a guy that I think will just unquestionably had a, a massive impact that will live on for a long, long time. So there we have it. The Cavs lose again, one sixteen to eighty two, dropped to fourteen and twenty three, five and thirteen on the road. I believe this is the tenth straight loss uh, in New Orleans for Cleveland. 
Quinn Cook's debut um, and then the return of Love and Nance are sort of the only two things you can kind of glean as positive. Um, and on the way out here on this, I just want to, we're going to hear, here's uh, here's what Kevin Love had to say after the game about his return action and, and some stuff. So here's that clip. Uh, and yeah, thanks again for listening. Have a good weekend. Evan, I'll be back on Monday. Good to see you available again. Um, I know that you didn't get the results that you wanted for your debut, but um, just if you could share what it was like for you being back on the floor with your guys. Yeah, I mean, that was to be expected. Uh, it just felt great to, you know, feel like I was playing meaningful basketball. Been, you know, a lot of time off and, yeah. And, uh, no, just happy more than anything to be out there. You know, I could have shot over 50. I would have been fine with it. Um, just playing basketball is what I love to do. So, I, you know, it's so much a part of me. So having to take it away from me last year and then being super unlucky with the injury is just more than anything, just, uh, you know, really, really happy to be back out there. But, you know, things will progress. It'll probably take me, uh, you know, a little few couple weeks maybe to feel like myself, but just wanted to get out there and get up and down the floor more than anything. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Evan, why don't you tell everyone about today's matchup? Today's matchup is a vaunted matchup. It's oh, It would have been like what OU in Akron was, but it's between Toffee Almond and Mint Brownie. Chris, who do you like in this one? I'm Team Mint Brownie, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely it's Mint Brownie. That's an elite flavor. That's a, a flavor that I remember when I was asking our fellow Lockdown hosts, like, what, what flavors do you like? James Rapine, our friend from Lockdown Bengals, uh, was like all in a Mint Brownie, and it's now a stable of mine. It's 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 great. And like Ohio University, green logo, green green wrapper, green bobcat. It's what you want. No, I love it, and I'm looking at the bracket now, Cookies and Cream advancing to the enticing eight. Man, Cookie Dough Chunk and Cookies and Cream may may be on a collision course in the flavorful four, and that's like picking my favorite child if I had kids. It's too tough. It's like like picking, what, like your favorite, you know, like video game probably for you? Wow, way to really make me look like a loser. Evan, I'm an, like, I, Evan, I text you like, we te- I text you like X-Menship. I'm an absolute nerd. Go to yeah, BuiltBar.com or go to bar underscore built on Twitter to check out the bracket. Remember, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 50% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting also want to tell you about the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credential draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, Evan, let's talk about Kevin Love. So he plays under two minutes in this game, according to the official box score, uh, leaves the game due to some discomfort, uh, some issue with his ca- injured, the calf he just came back from injury with. He only the vibes played 10- fell off for his calf. <laughs> yeah, vibe check is is not good. Um, according to Angel Gray on the broadcast, um, he's going to do some strength work, to- strength work tonight. That's what the team had told her. Um, 
yeah, man, this is this is a bummer. Um, and I again, we don't know the the seriousness of it yet. I I would expect he's going to get some extended look once they're back in Cleveland and, and everything, or or wherever they go next, like wherever, or if he goes I home. I, yeah, I mean, I don't really know exactly what like how this sort of gets gets handled exactly because they're on the road and have another game on the road. But I I mean, I imagine he's not going to play Tuesday. Um, that would be shocking to me just because of how careful they they want to be with him. And um, yeah, not this isn't good. That that's that's the big thing here. No, it's not good. It's really just a bummer at this point. And we were talking about this a little bit. I've been kind of stewing back and forth on this idea. But I do wonder if it's, I don't know, if the Cavs just kind of put Kevin on ice for the rest of the year. Because if it's another calf thing, and I don't know, the Cavs didn't rush him back at this point. But Kevin feels like he's on the wrong side of 32. He's injury, or 30 at this point. He's 32. He's making 31.3 million this year, 31.3 next year, then 28.9 in 2022, 2023. Um, it just it doesn't feel good where Kevin's health is right now because he just can't stay consistently healthy. And hopefully, you know, knock on wood, it's nothing bad. And then when the Cavs take on Miami on Tuesday night, everything's okay. Or they rest him one extra night. He plays the following night at home against Boston. But at this point, it's just starting to become really worrisome that Kevin can't stay consistently healthy. And it's something I pointed out before. He's played less than 80 games since LeBron's left at this point. Um, And that's two, three seasons ago almost. And it's just really uh, becoming a tougher and tougher pill to swallow that Kevin may finish his career as a Cavalier, but he may, may barely play because I don't think any team's going to be lining up the trade for him because I talked about this before when we were previewing the second half. This is a bit of an evaluation period for the Cavs and Kevin Love as well. Like you know, The Cavs can maybe drum up some interest if he's able to stay healthy and consistent out there. And again, this could be us kind of being hyper-reactive to things, but it is worrisome that it's just this consistent calf injury, and hopefully he's healthy and hopefully he's good, but right now it just doesn't feel promising. So... I just, I don't, I want to just say this again for the record, because you and I have said this a lot, but I think a continuing troubling discourse with the Kevin stuff is, like, he, like, fleeced the Cavs because he got this contract or whatever, like, Kevin, Kevin, like, got offered this, this massive contract, he asked, I think, for quite a bit of money, as he should have, that, I have no problem with that, that is not on him, that is a team problem, that is not a player problem, Kevin Love should maximize as much money as he possibly can, um, Okay, that that's not on him. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. Mm-hmm. He. It is not his job to worry about the Cavs. It's his cap sheet or whatever. Like that's dumb. Labor should not be worrying about the. Chris the and I will not weep for the millionaires and possibly no, billionaires. No, it's definitely world. billionaires. One of the people that got richer during the pandemic. It just is what it is. But I. This is. I. I really just empathize with Kevin because. I just like. I just wonder where this is going and it doesn't feel like this is going anywhere super productive for anybody. Um, if Kevin, like I, I kind of think you're right that if like, this isn't just like a, a one-off thing and it, you know, I don't know what the vibes are right now. Exactly. Like it's sort of hard to know right now. I don't think they're good, but I, I think we're in a position where like, you if if there is like another if he's gonna miss like another couple weeks because of this I think you don't even bother bringing it back this year I th- I think you yeah. you get him healthy you give him time to like get really healthy figure out what like where his calf is at how he can get it to exactly where it needs to be 
and then in the summer you figure out what you're going to do. Because I, I think you're right that I think a Kevin Love who's played this little games, he got hurt twice this year basically. Like I don't know well, exactly. If, especially if it's a calf and you and I didn't do post games, so we don't have a clear idea of what's going on. But if it's the same issue, like it's it's worrisome at this point. Like I know like you and I are pretty big Kevin Love defenders too, but like he did, the guy just can't stay healthy and it's just a – uh-oh and kind of a fart noise on the whole situation well and it's like i just don't know what you my childlike comparisons aren't apt it's just me spinning the wheels right now but go ahead. yeah or it's just like it's hard to know like how a team could trade for him right like like there's no way you reasonably could with the two years left on the contract like that like that's not like the first concern here but it's just like I don't know exactly what you do if you're the Cavs and him in the situation. Like, it's hard to trade him. It's hard to, like, like I like I don't know if like a like a buyout for him would just be him giving back a lot of money, which I will never advocate a player giving a, like that back that much money. But like, yeah, I, I I there's just like something here that is just unfortunately for him, unfortunately for the team. I think gone really really wrong since he signed that extension and i don't like think it was you know maybe like injury concerns are always a little bit of a concern with him but i don't think like something like this was necessarily predictable like it's been a lot of just like lower body kind of issue stuff um as he's kind of advanced here and that that's unfortunate that that to me is just quite unfortunate that that's where we are kind of heading here with this yeah it really is just unfortunate it's a bummer overall a little bit of a somber episode for your monday morning for everyone but um yeah, it's just it's rough, man. Like I I don't know if he gets bought out or if he agrees to a buyout cuz like, again, he just can't be straight up bought out. He has to agree to the terms of it. But yeah, I don't know how much money he leaves on the table because even after this year, he's projected to make uh, roughly 60 million over the next 2 years and that's a lot of money to leave on the table like you said and if I were Kevin, I wouldn't not at all. I know like he's made enough money to live off of the rest of his life, but also you or sign that contract you can play it out however you want but it's just tough man it really is because i really do genuinely believe kevin love would be such a complimentary piece to these young players especially isaac and jared as well but he just can't consistently stay healthy and calf injuries are really scary because they're hand in hand with achilles injuries too so you can't really chance it or gamble on it or anything and you just kind of have to Hope he gets healthy, but I think your mentality is the right one. You shut him down for the year, especially if he's out for extended time. You let him get fully healthy, and then you kind of reevaluate what the next move is because I don't know what you get with Kevin Love at this point either, especially being removed from basketball for so long. I, I think that if you're the Cavs now too, I think what you do is you build with Nance and you build with Allen up front, and you, you yep. base everything off of that. Um, they're two of the three. Like, and Kevin's like, I think when he's absolutely healthy – like the first or second best guy on the team still. I think if he's absolutely healthy and good to go, but like that's just that guy doesn't ex- hasn't existed. You know, like that. It's so hard yeah. to sort of place him in a hierarchy. I think when when you look at the rest of the team, Allen and Nance are two of the three best players on this team in my mind. Um, I I think you know maybe they're you could go down to four, but I think they're that good, and that says a little bit about what the Cavs are talent wise, and a little bit about how good those guys are. It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of of both of those things. I think you just build with them as your starting front court going forward. It very well could be your starting front court next year for the next couple of seasons, and you figure out kind of like you know is Dean Wade kind of worth it? You know is Lamar Stevens going to get another crack at the rotation? Because um, the two way limits are sort are are gone at this point. Like yeah. you have some options to kind of like play around with what you're going to do with 
with your lineups and your and your bodies here. And you got to see what you got from guys. I think you know there'll, pro- there'll be some some trades probably. I mean, I think you know it seems to me just kind of scouring the league a little bit. I think Javale probably gone at the deadline. I think Jetty could be gone at the deadline. Um, there's going to be some stuff where I think there, you'll get a chance to try out some guys and, and experiment on some things, and we'll see where this works. But I think that's more of or I I don't like I don't want to like slam the door shut on like people being excited about a plane turn or anything like that. I mean, I'm already was just like please like don't get your hopes up about this because that's just yeah. like I I didn't have optimism about that. But like I think when you think about this, you're really try, I think trying to figure out what is good right now and what is worth building with, and then. You f- you see how that all kind of grows, and then we figure out where to go from there. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just it's a bummer, man. Like I know you and I both agree that maybe the Cavs aren't a playing team, but Kevin certainly helps those chances. I know Larry's really good, and probably on paper projects to be really good alongside Jarrett. But it's just it's really it's a bummer, man. That's all it really is. Like it just kind of feels like a gut punch on top of an already ugly loss. Like Colin Sexton hasn't been playing well over the last two games either, and um, it's just a bad time in Cleveland. Maybe I mean going to Miami is going to be tough. Miami's on a bit of a hot streak lately on Tuesday, but maybe the Cavs shock them and they get a little bit of a palate cleanser. Then heading a struggling, kind of still struggling Boston team on Wednesday, but. Not having Kevin there is really going to hold this Cavs team back, but I think your mentality is the right one. You just kind of, I don't know if you 100% close the window on Kevin, but you start to work towards the future like you did with telling Jared, or not, sorry, not Jared, telling Andre to go home and sticking with Jared as your starting center. Yeah, Cavs have a rough week ahead. Uh, Miami, Boston, and that's a back to back of then San Antonio on Friday, and then Toronto on the weekend. So, tough little four week uh four day four game stretch here between monday and next sunday uh, we'll be covering it all here on lockdown Cavs. we'll be back tomorrow with david ramil from lockdown heat to talk about some trades talk about miami uh we're gonna do a little crossover show and we have some fun stuff planned for later this week here and on wkyc uh please fo- please follow us on twitter at lockdown Cavs. evan for the most part is doing social but i did some live tweeting during the game on sunday and i think maybe yeah. we'll try to do that let going us forward. let us know what you thought of that it was interesting to see chris's insight on the account because we have a bot set in our discord server that let me know every time we tweet it oh that's fine um and then also later this week i think evan we're gonna do our locker room debut on wednesday i think that is the yeah. plan i've just got my covid vaccine so i'll be a salty samuel but i'll eat my sandwich the whole time if you guys really want to complain about that audio but yeah we're gonna do make our locker room debut wednesday this week we're on the lunch break time so you want to hop in we'll take live callers chat with some experts on the app as well just kind of talk Cavs or nba in general and then if you miss it we'll include a little bit of it with uh thursday's show yeah so we'll have a little bit again thursday show but if you have a an, an apple device and are using an app that runs ios so iPhones, iPads, uh, download the Locker Map and join us there. Um, it's a fun little way for us to interact with you. And if you want to interact with us directly and maybe um, just ask us a question, you know, in real time that's just on your mind and you haven't on for our mailbags for whatever reason, this is going to be a great way to do it. But again, uh, find us there. Um, I believe I will I will tweet it out and everything like that in the in the lead up to it. But again, thanks everyone for listening. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Uh, the Cavs. 2 and 2 since the All-Star break. But thanks again, everyone, for listening. We'll, we'll talk to you all tomorrow when we have David Ramil on the show. Locked on Cavs is your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast covering the latest news, rumors, and game action from the wine and gold. You can follow us on social at Locked on Cavs or give us a call and leave a voicemail and we'll answer your questions live at 440-673-3605. If you want to contact the show, 
email us at lockedoncavs at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It's produced and hosted by Chris Manning and Evan Damerl. 